Hello, and welcome to this Speed Listen installment of the Six Gun Justice podcast, featuring everything you need to know about the history of the quarter horses, those coin-operated horses that used to ride the range in front of every market in town, all in under 15 minutes, give or take. I'm Paul Bishop. My compadre Richard Prosh and I co-host the full-length episodes of the Six Gun Justice podcast, but I ride solo for these Speed Listen bonus installments. If you're old enough to remember them, then you were young enough to have ridden them. Or throw a tantrum in front of the supermarket, drugstore, or five and dime because your parents wouldn't cough up the needed coin to insert in the mechanical horse and let you gallop away for what was always too short a time. A coin-operated horse ride was a childhood rite of passage for generations of city kids who would most likely never get to sit atop the real thing. Mechanical horses named Champ, Sandy, Star, Black Beauty, and Trigger were ridden across miles of imaginary frontier from the early 1930s to the mid-2000s by young children thrilled by the rocking motion and their own imagination. Originally called the Haas Gated Mechanical Horse, the rides were invented in 1930 by James Haas, a machinist in Silkston, Missouri. Known as a mechanical innovator, Haas had invented a hand-propelled fishing troller, a piston groove cleaner, a stump saw, a cotton chopper, and a corn picker safety device. In 1929, Haas successfully created a machine that used superheated steam to peel tomatoes. His timing was perfect, as H.J. Heinz Company was on the scout for a faster, more efficient tomato peeler to increase production of their namesake ketchup. Haas had invented exactly what they needed. After he'd made some requested adjustments related to sterilization, he took his finished machine to New York and presented it to Heinz, who bought the invention on the spot. On the long train ride home through the December snow, Haas found his thoughts turning to Christmas gifts for his five children, two girls and three boys, who awaited him at home. It was a Great Depression and money was scarce, and despite his windfall from the tomato peeler, Haas realized he would have to make them something. When he thought about how his children enjoyed riding their rocking horses, he wondered if there was a way to make something more realistic. He began sketching plans immediately for a mechanical horse. He wanted to make it walk, trot, and gallop, and could hardly wait to start building it. Moving from paper to process, he covered a wooden horse in mohair, placed an old saddle across its back, and for the final touch added a real cow's tail from the slaughterhouse to the horse's rump. Leather reins were fastened to the bit in the horse's mouth. A gentle pull on the reins set the horse's legs moving at a walking pace. Another pull urged the mechanical horse into a trot, and a harder, final pull put the horse into a gallop with a sound like an unbalanced washing machine. Of course, this mechanical horse wasn't really moving anywhere on its mechanical legs, as it was fastened to a post that was fastened to a base. The horse did indeed, though, rock back and forth. Christening his creation spark plug, Haas presented his mechanical horse ride to his children on Christmas morning. It was a big hit, real cow's tail and all. The following year, Haas put a baby bed on another base to make a super rocking cradle for his newborn son, Tom. The mechanical cradle still sounded like an unbalanced washing machine, but Tom somehow slept soundly. And in later years, the same cradle bounced, tossed, and rocked a generation of Haas's grandchildren to sleep. However, when Haas first saw how much his children loved the mechanical horse, he realized he had created a potential moneymaker and set about commercializing the ride through his company, Haas Machine Works, where the horses continued to be made for many years. Haas' original model was built using a wooden carousel horse as a frame. As he refined the manufacturing, he first commissioned carousel makers to create the horses, but he quickly realized the wooden figures would prove too heavy for wider distribution. 
Looking for alternatives, Haas was told aluminum was not an option. However, he believed the material would solve his problem and invented his own aluminum processing method to successfully cast the horse figures. Haas then fastened the aluminum horses to a post on a stationary base. He also created a mechanism which was also attached to the base that started the horse rocking after a nickel was inserted into a coin slot. For the rocking ride to mimic the gait of a galloping horse, Haas used innovative hydraulic power, which led to the Hayes-gated mechanical horse being declared the most original invention of 1932. Haas horse rides continued to win design and innovation awards. This exposure led to Haas going into partnership with the Exhibit Supply Company, who wanted to distribute the horse rides around the world. By contract, Haas received 5% of all profits. This income didn't make him fabulously wealthy, but before the patent ran out, it provided enough income for Haas to comfortably tinker with children's toys and rides for the rest of his life. Haas' backyard was always filled with neighborhood children enjoying the carnival rides he designed. He created a huge set of swings that not only went back and forth, but also spun around and around on an axis. He placed bent railroad tracks into huge circles on which he placed small carts drawn by mechanical horses. Often, he would dismantle the rides and take them down to the local carnival when it came to town. A tall, slim man with the heart of a child, Haas was always curious and ready to learn. If he encountered a design problem, he would study it and experiment until it was solved, and he continued tinkering and designing till the day he passed away. During the heyday of coin-operated kitty rides, 20 different manufacturers were kept busy producing the mechanical moneymakers. One of the most popular of the Western horse rides was Star, created by Carousel International Corporation of Eldon, Missouri. Owned by the Viach family, the company created a wide range of mechanical rides from 1968 to 2007 when they closed the shop after several deaths in the family. In 1953, back when Billboard magazine literally covered billboards and outdoor amusements, a 10-page article in the magazine covered what they called the phenomenon of kitty rides, referring to them as America's fastest-growing business, a rare combination of wholesome fun and clever merchandising. Behind this business explosion was America's rapid suburbanization, which had developed a whole new market for kitty rides, the shopping center. Unlike the pinball machine, the other great coin-operated amusement of the era, the kitty ride wasn't relegated to the arcade or the amusement park. Instead, it was a lure to get kids into stores, and along with them, their parents. Having sold ads within their pages to a remarkable number of kitty ride manufacturers and middlemen, Billboard was optimistic about the future of the technology. It reported on the Greenpoint Brooklyn Department Store that tore out its soda fountain and replaced it with 14 kitty rides, realizing there was more revenue in mechanical horses, rocket ships, and motorboats than root beer floats. The department store cited average weekly gross revenues of $375 from the rides, or about $8,000 in today's dollars. The 10-page billboard reportage also included strategies for opening your own profitable kitty ride business, accompanied by a bushel of testimonies from business entrepreneurs explaining there was nowhere for the kitty ride industry to go but up. There was also a piece about licensing the likeness of Trigger, Roy Rogers' horse. Apparently, the Trigger mechanical horse ride was the top moneymaker when it came to sucking coins out of parents' pockets. This sensation quickly became de rigueur for the industry. Slapping existing franchises on a kiddie ride seemed to make them even more popular. If a TV show targeted at children became popular, it was bound to generate at least one licensed kiddie ride. If the show had a catchy theme tune, the ride would automatically play a snippet of it every five minutes to attract attention. And of course, a longer version if the ride was in operation. 
Family entertainment centers like Chuck E. Cheese's, founded in 1997, would provide another huge outlet for kiddie rides. But there were signs of trouble for the industry. Bigger vending machine operators specializing in selling soda and potato chips shunned the kiddie rides, seeing them as a service hassle. But while kiddie rides never became part of the bigger vending machine market, they were embraced by smaller specialty operators, usually the ones that had already taken on the gumball market. The industry magazine Vending Times estimated there were about 55,000 kiddie rides installed in the United States in 2012 versus 2.8 million soda machines and 1.2 million snack vending machines. Businesses specializing in repairing and reselling kiddie rides, mostly those produced during the 1950s and 1960s, have popped up, but the vast majority of refurbished rides go to private individuals, usually in their 50s or 60s. As such, the story of kiddie rides has followed the path of so much of America's mechanical and manufacturing endeavors, down a slippery slope into the gentle oblivion of nostalgia. At one time, kiddie rides were used by kids up to seven or eight years old. Eventually, only children younger than five years old were considered the target market. The harsh truth is, once a modern kid is old enough to operate an iPad, any interest in a mechanical horse ride from a long-ago cowboy show rides off into the sunset. Thanks for listening to this bonus Speedlisten installment of the Six Gun Justice podcast. Remember to check out our website at sixgunjustice.com for regularly updated reviews, articles, and interviews from the best of the Western wordslingers. Prior Six Gun Justice podcast episodes, Six Gun Justice Speedlisten installments, and Six Gun Justice conversations are available on all major podcast streaming platforms. Till next time, be kind to yourself, be kind to others, and keep your horse pointed in the direction of home. Adios. I'm out of here. Let's ride. (laughs) 